This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Emergency Swarmcast on this Cinco de Mayo morning. David Eichel, Sean Bach, HawkeyeInsider.com. For good reason, Sean. I mean, Iowa lands, I would argue, maybe it's top, maybe in the top three transfer portal additions, certainly among the receivers. Iowa has officially landed Ohio State's wide receiver transfer, Caleb Brown. Now, before we really dive into this, Sean, I, I think it's important for people to have the full context of the background that went on in this. So Caleb Brown entered the portal. You know, I'll, I'll do what's happened the last couple of days. Let's rewind even farther back. Sean, I want to, because you covered his recruitment a little bit. Can you give us his high school recruitment, how he ended up at Ohio State and kind of the ties he had to the staff? Yeah, so Iowa was involved early in his recruitment. I really didn't bother too much to cover it as much as I, you know, maybe could have because it felt like that he was going to be a top, you know, 247, top 100 guy. And yeah. once Notre Dame, like I, I think Illinois was the first offer for first power five offer for him. Iowa was close there. I know they stopped by St. Rita a couple times. So that's Seth Wallace's neck of the woods for his recruiting area. But once Caleb started getting those blue blood offers, I think it came down to Michigan, Ohio State and Notre Dame. And if my memory serves me right, I think it was down to Michigan and Ohio State for some time for him. Um, and there was a lot of, you know, Michigan or Chicago area guys going to Michigan at that point. So makes sense why there was some buzz for the Wolverines. But, you know, when Brian Hartline's making you a priority, you, you can't turn that down. And Brian Hartline is the Ohio State wide receiver coach, you know, the head man of arguably the top receiver room in the country, rivaling that with yeah. Alabama the last couple of years. So yep. it was something that Brown couldn't turn down. And he ended up in Columbus and you know, fast forward a year, it's kind of ironic that his one reception was against Iowa this year in that blowout game in the shoe. But yeah, I mean, fast forward to now and, you know, he's a Hawkeye. It's it's kind of crazy to think about that because, you know, going back to his recruitment, obviously the Blue Blood schools were very involved, but, you know, it's just kind of wild to think about how the transfer portal, you know, kind of makes, kind of makes things, you know, different now with, you know, guys looking at schools that they were looking at during high school and then ended up picking those staffs and getting Caleb Brown is, is a massive addition. Not just the fact that, you know, I know a lot of people kind of look at it and say, well, he only had one catch last year. Like I said, this dude was being coveted hard by Brian Hartline and he had a pretty yeah. good spring, if I recall correctly. And, you know, that he was going to be, he, he was going to be in the rotation this year, hundred percent. Yeah. And that's saying something. I mean, 
he immediately becomes the top guy in the room for Iowa. And yep. there's no debate, no debate about that. He's just a dynamic playmaker and a guy that you can kind of move around everywhere and, you know, just watch him work. And that's something that Iowa really needed. No doubt. So I appreciate that, Sean. So let's dive into what's happened over the last couple of days. So Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, I started hearing rumblings that Iowa was going to get Caleb Brown on campus. Had a couple of good sources on it. Didn't feel good enough to even go on our message board about it just because of how highly coveted he was coming out of high school and how dynamic of a player he is. So I texted our colleague, Alan Triu, uh, Midwest scout for 24 seven sports. I'm like, Hey man, is there any way you could talk to a couple sources to confirm this? Cause I'm hearing rumblings. Big shout out to Alan for the assist on that. Got, got the confirmation posted on our message board. And Iowa probably rightfully so Sean was trying to keep it under wraps. I mean, they, they, that, that's kind of the way they've operated through this transfer portal process. That's just kind of the way they operate. That's completely fine. But Iowa's selling points to him were one was proximity to home, which you reported on, Sean, that it was a very big factor in this decision. He wanted to be close to home. He's very tight-knit with his very tight-knit family. Got a good community back in the Chicago area. Only about three hours away from home compared to Columbus. And he wanted to be the guy. He wanted to be the, the man. And I think he looked at Iowa's offense and said, hey, you know what? And Iowa's pitch is like, you're going to be the most talented guy in the room. Without a doubt, he's the most talented player in the room right now. Now, is he going to be necessarily the best immediately? I don't want to go that far, but could he be by the time September 2nd rolls around or halfway through a season? Absolutely. He's got that kind of upside. So Iowa sold him on that, and he formed a really good bond with Caden McNamara, and McNamara was recruiting him hard on social media. Those two talked on campus. Xavier Wampa was, you know, all in his Instagram comments, social media, trying to get some buzz. And what we had heard was Oklahoma and Texas A&M were also going to try to push for a visit. Maybe, you know, who knows what would have happened. But Thursday morning rolls around. You and I are in constant communication, Sean. We, we put some tidbits on our message board for our VIP members, kind of breaking down the visit. And I think you and I had a very good feeling about Iowa in the recruitment. It was not a done deal from what we had heard at that time. But I remember I called you around maybe 3.30, and, I, and you and I kind of talked about it. You and I kind of contemplated putting in a crystal ball. We decided to hold off because, you know, with the resources Oklahoma and Texas A&M had, if he makes those visits, you know, we, we kind of want to hold off on that. And I do regret not throwing in a crystal ball because there was a lot of sources and a lot of things going in Iowa's favor. But it was one of those things where you had to see it to believe it. Can Iowa land the highly coveted blue blood wide receiver? And they did. Uh, by 24-7 sports composite, Caleb Brown is the first top 100 player to a top 100 wide receiver to commit to Iowa. That's per uh, 24-7 sports is Chris Hummer. Huge addition. I mean, Sean, this is a guy, very good speed, outstanding hands, crisp route runner. He would have been a rotational player in an incredibly stacked Ohio State wide receiver room. There's a lot of reason to be excited about it. I know we've criticized Brian in the past, criticized Kirk for not using the transfer portal. Maybe outside gang and other big receiver, Sean. I don't know what more they could have really done throughout this process. They've addressed the needs. The personnel is upgraded, and it was based on my column this morning. Brian say he did the best with what he could last season. Well, I'll tell you what, that that's not going to fly this year. But you got to give credit to Brian. You got to give credit to Kirk because on paper, this looks like a significantly upgraded 
offensive unit for Brian Ferris. Yeah, and I was looking at Hawkeye Game Film tweeted something too about his points system with, you know, additions and guys coming in. And with the inbound offensive transfers, it was a total score of 36, while the outbound offensive transfers was a score of 20. So I think that kind of tells you what you need to know when impact. And, you know, obviously we have to see it on the field. Like Brown has not totally proven himself in game field or game time situations in college yet, but he did it in practice and, you know, moved his way up the depth chart. And, you know, you, you said it about him and wanting to be the man. I think it was more so just playing a significant role and knowing that he was going to have a significant role in the Iowa sure. offense. <clears throat> and I think having Kate McNamara there was critical for him. And not just, you know, having Kate McNamara, but having other options like Ohio or Iowa having those tight ends. I think that's something that's really going to help, you know, Caleb Brown. And he could be a yep. centerpiece of that offense for the next couple of seasons. He has four years of eligibility remaining. Um <clears throat> And he has what, you know, you need in a big-time playmaker. Like, he can make plays in short routes. He can make plays in intermediate routes. He's got good speed. I mean, he's got good straight-line speed. He can make guys miss in, you know, small areas. Um, He's got some strength to him. Um, Just a dynamic guy that, you know, might not just be a threat on offense. Like, he could potentially be a return man for Iowa, too. I think Cooper DeGene – probably has that spot right now, but I think yeah. it also depends on what Iowa does at cornerback in the portal because they need another cornerback. That is that is the remaining question mark with this team. I mean, Antonio Carter, uh, the second from Rhode Island, he's supposed to come up for an official visit next week. We'll see if that still happens. There was some talk that he was going to go to Wisconsin, almost committed to playing for Luke Fickle and the Badgers, but – you know, ended up holding off, and he's going to take his Iowa official visit last I checked um, starting next. I think it's – I know it's May 10th, um, so that would be a Wednesday, Wednesday to Friday. So, I mean, if Iowa can secure him, that would be that would be huge because, you know, you're filling – I know a lot of people are not overly worried about cornerback because they're like, oh, we have Cooper DeGene, Jamar Harris, which, don't get me wrong, is a very good duo. But you need – more than three cornerbacks in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Carter, yes, played, you know, at the FCS level for Rhode Island, but there's a reason why he's getting these, you know, he's being heavily pursued by Wisconsin, Ole Miss, um, Texas A&M, Kentucky, because he can, you know, be kind of a guy that's flexible. He can play in the boundary. Um, You know, he can play inside, you know, he can kind of do different things that you need in a cornerback and, you know, could be a really good third piece for Iowa in the cornerback room or in the secondary, because, you know, we saw what happened last year in that Nebraska game. Yep. Iowa missed, yeah. Iowa missed having that reliable third cornerback and, you know, TJ Hall can be that TJ Hall, I think is going to have a good career at Iowa, but I think he might be a year away from being that guy. Um, so getting, getting Carter now, that's, that's kind of the main priority. Um, we'll dive into, you know, other stuff soon, but just kind of looking forward, that's that's one piece where Iowa still really needs to add. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, and I mean, again, the worst fear, I think, for this Iowa defensive staff is exactly what happened in that Nebraska game. Cooper got knocked out, and Iowa had to throw some guys that hadn't necessarily played a lot of football up against a former five-star wide receiver who just ran right by them for a pair of scores, and it's tough to blame the cornerbacks when you're going up against that talent. But again, they, they and that's where people are still writing me about, hey, is Cooper going to play offense? He can't. Like, he could, but if, if you had any any hope of him playing offense, again, Caleb Brown eliminates Cooper's gene playing offense, and I thought it was eliminated before, but now that they have another proven weapon back there, not proven, but, you know, the upside of being proven, I think that that shut the door there. But I think, again, Brian and Kirk deserve a lot of kudos. I think Caleb Brown is a very good complementary piece to the tight ends. I think they can help make each other open. So, again, Iowa has the pieces. And Brian's not been a proven play caller, but I will still push back against anybody who says Brian Ferentz does not know football. He knows how to coach. So now it's about him coaching and putting those players in a position to succeed and to utilize their full skill sets. And on top of that, Sean, we haven't even mentioned this. This is going to help Caleb Johnson. This is going to help LaShawn Williams. Like having perimeter threats with a pair of pretty good Big Ten running backs. Again, I don't want to say his offense is dangerous, but this offense had should and should be expected to take a big, significant step forward just based on the personnel they have. And now you have a quarterback who I think has brought a very different sort of swagger to that room. Eric All is going to be determined to prove his back's healthy and to make the NFL. Like the pieces are in place. And I know we're going to talk, we have months to talk about this, but I put in my column. And I was kind of like this before, but getting Caleb Brown kind of solidified it. it it's almost Indianapolis or bust to me. It, it really is. I, I think that should be expected of the team. But I'd also argue that getting this much talent, Sean, and still having the performance-based objectives being seven wins and 25 points, I think it makes that look worse just based on how much they've upgraded. Like it, I'm like, you think fans are going to be happy with seven wins? and finding out that Brian keeps his job and gets more money next year. And that includes the bowl game. If Iowa doesn't win the Big Ten West, I think fans are going to be incredibly disappointed in the season. No two way about it. Yeah. I mean, and if it's Michigan and Iowa in the Big Ten championship, then the Kate McNamara, J.J. McCarthy storylines are going to be going to be ridiculous. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, looking at this wide receiver group, too, I think you have a clear top three in Nico Regani, Caleb Brown, Deontay Vines. Obviously, you can pair those tight ends with them. And then behind them, I mean, this puts less pressure on guys like Seth Anderson and Jacob Bostic to make a to have a big role this season. I know Bostic's yep. been battling injuries since he got to Iowa City, had a really good winter, but just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He was on a scooter to start the spring and, you know, is is supposed to be back this summer. Um, Seth was dealing with an injury too. He's a big time playmaker guy that, you know, isn't necessarily your prototypical X because he's listed at like 5'10", 5'11". 
No, I think he's more around six foot around there. Sorry, I was thinking of I was thinking of uh Nico. Caleb. Um oh Nico, yeah. yeah. I was thinking of Caleb, sorry. Um he's like he's a big time playmaker guy that you know you can kind of throw up jump balls to his side with his size and you know, the main thing that Iowa liked in him was that he's a yards after catch guy. But, you know, that that transition from the Big South to the Big Ten is not, you know, the easiest one to make. And, you know, that puts a little that puts some that puts less pressure on him to make that immediate impact um, that, you know, I think a lot of people are expecting him to make when he committed to Iowa based on the way that the wide receiver room looked at that point. So. Getting, you know, getting Brown, like I said, puts puts less pressure on Bostic and Anderson, two young guys that I know the staff's pretty intrigued about, excited about. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just, just a huge get. Like, just the way that you can use him and the way that you can just be dynamic with him in the offense. Now, you know, it's up to Iowa to do that. and It's up for the offense to, you know, get that out of him. Yeah. But, you know, you have him in place, and that's what you need right now. I think it was much needed for a fan base that was desperate to have a pulse of a playmaker on the outside and just the potential. Like people were excited about Cade and obviously Cade's been the big domino in this entire off season. In my opinion, Eric all getting him with Cade huge. People are excited about that. People excited about the O-line, but what was the one constant thing that everybody kept saying, Sean, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. They got Seth Anderson, nothing against Seth Anderson, but they wanted more than one wide receiver. Getting Caleb, I mean, it's just, it's it's massive. I mean, it's not something Iowa is accustomed to. But that again, I think that shows that Caleb has faith in the offense. He has faith in what he's going to be able to do because he, again, he's a very quiet kid, comes from, a I think, a very good background, good family, seems like a smart kid he knows football and he's a dynamic playmaker throughout his football career. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how much Iowa relies on a guy who has played 27 snaps. But I would also caution people. It is nuts. Like I think there should be some expectations of him because of the upside, but this is a guy that's still going to have his own learning curves this season. So if you're looking at him to be wide receiver one and put up a thousand yards this year, I think it's a hard-pressed bet. Now, does he strike me as a guy that can score a handful of touchdowns, maybe get you 400 yards? Yeah, and if that happens, Sean, that's outstanding, especially if you get Eric All and Luke Lachey as the primary guys and Caleb Johnson's running the ball well. It's like you don't need Caleb Brown to be this big playmaker that has 1,000 yards. They need pulse on the outside to help open up the middle for Eric Gall, for Luke Lachey, for Caleb for Caleb Johnson, for LaShawn Williams. You just need to be able to do that. And the guys in the middle need Caleb Brown and others just to open up the perimeter just to keep an easy threat. Because you could tell by the way people were defending Iowa last season, they didn't care who was on the outside. And I wrote this in my column, Sean. I don't know if we've really ever dove in this number. Iowa, over the last two years, has averaged six catches a game by wide receivers. I don't know what that would be in the rest of the country, but I would be shocked if that's not bottom five, at least. Maybe there's some obviously run-only teams, but getting Caleb Brown is at least a pulse. It injected some life in the fan base. It got some excitement, I think, going. And I think it opens up the playbook 
for what Brian and Kirk will want to do. Because whether they, you know, I know they said that they're going to do the same things and better, but I also believe that their playbook was extremely limited based on the personnel that they had last year. Yeah, no, I agree. And that's, that's the big thing. I think personnel can rival or, you know, outmatch coaching in a way. I think personnel is more, I mean, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. Coaching is very, very important, but I think you can get away with certain things if you have the personnel to do so. And I think that's where Iowa, you know, hit a home run this off season is up in that personnel and getting those guys that can be those factors in the offense. And, you know, a big upgrade from last year, like that's, that's important, a big upgrade from last year. And, you know, we talk about quarterback play, obviously that's vital. Running back should be improved. Tight ends will be one of the best in the country. Wide receiver is better. Um, but at the end of the day, I know we said so many times it comes down to offensive line play. And, yep, you know, I think this unit's going to take a step forward. I think, you know, there's belief inside the program that it's going to take a step forward. Um, it just needs to come to fruition. And, you know, if that, if that happens, everything should fall into place the way it should with this team and with this personnel that they have. It's going to be a fun season. I really do believe that. It's going to be a fun season to cover. I think fans should be excited. And and I've said it before, and I'll wrap it up with this. This is Iowa's best chance to win the Big Ten for the foreseeable future. Because first-year head coaches at Purdue, Nebraska, Wisconsin. I think Fickle's going to be really good at Wisconsin, but it's a first-year coach. Based on what Iowa returns and you know who they have, I think they should be favored to win. Illinois is a wild card for me. Iowa's schedule lines up perfectly. They have a Big Ten champion quarterback. They've made upgrades. They have a defense, special teams. And the divisions are still intact. This is the last year of East and West. Once USC, UCLA join, Iowa's probably going to have to go undefeated in conference play to reach a Big Ten title. And I think that's going to be very significant to watch. So if Iowa wants one more shot in Indy, at at least for its best chance, quote-unquote, it's going to be this year. And I think I, I think Kirk kind of knows that. They'll never admit it, and I understand that. But I think that's why they've gone so aggressive in the portal, and that's why I still believe that there's untapped potential with what Iowa's going to try to do offensively. Because if they believe that the same, the same thing as last year is going to fly, it's just not. Everybody in the country knows that. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I know Kirk would never admit that. I know the coaches would never admit that. I know the players would never admit that. But, hey, I mean, Kate McMurray said it in his first his first media, you know, appearance with the Iowa media. What's yeah. the goal? Like, why do you want to come here? I believe we can win Big Ten championships or, you know, we want to win Big Ten championships. And, you know, they had the pieces, I think, to do it. Just a matter of, you know, executing and putting it all together. And I think think they got a pretty good shot at it. And like I said, would love to add an X receiver. They're sitting at 84 scholarships right now for the fall. So that could be, you know, a little tight. But I think with the personnel that you have a receiver, yes, not having an X receiver is ideal. But I think you have guys that you know, you can work with yeah. that can improve, you know, this offense. And, you know, like I said, talk about the tight ends. 
that's going to be a key too. So the pieces are in place. It's up to coaching to put him in position to succeed and how he operates and how they move him. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. But for David Eichel, Sean Bach, be sure to stay tuned to HawkeyeInsider.com. Stay ahead of the news. Get a VIP subscription, 30% off. Uh, follow us on Twitter at David Eichel, at SBOC247, and at Hawkeyes on 247. And we will talk to you soon. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.